What If World is supported by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. What if kittens break the clock and Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Eric, your host, and today we're starting off with a writing question from a listener named Maddie. Maddie writes, what if everyone in What If World realized they didn't have any good storybooks? I'm really glad you asked this question, Maddie, because if it weren't for storybooks, I wouldn't be doing this show. And while most weeks we do play at least one audio question from kids, We get a lot of write-in and review questions from patrons and listeners, so we're going to try to tell a few of their stories this week. So today's episode, we'll start with Maddie's question, and we'll discover a few more along the way. So let's find out what if everyone in What If World realized they didn't have any good storybooks, plus a few secret questions from listeners like Caleb, Leah, Griffin, and our patron Nathan. ZZ Jamalu woke up one bright and sunny Saturday morning. She had the bug. Ew, bug, get off of me! Oh, no, ZZ, sorry, not that kind of bug. You had that kind of creative bug that you get when you want to play guilds and goblins. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for our next game. And ZZ ran to her bookshelf, which is what she always did when she wanted a little extra creative inspiration. But when she picked up one of her favorite old faded paperback books... It didn't quite feel the same. Why Why is it so slippery and shiny? Did someone laminate this entire book? And indeed someone, or something, had. It was all one shiny plasticky blob. You couldn't even open it up to turn the pages. This is like a bad dream, ding dong. And she heard her brother Zack downstairs opening the door to let in Scully the Squid and Lola Rabbit. Come on, ZZ! You ready to play G&G? Shouted Zack from downstairs. Wait, we were supposed to play today? This really is like a bad dream, said ZZ, grabbing her G&G books and rushing downstairs with them. I'm sorry, someone laminated all our books. That's fine, we know the rules well enough, said Scully the Squid. But I can't plan an adventure without reading some stories first. What, did you, like, wait till this morning to start planning the adventure? Well, I thought Mr. Eric was taking over as GM. Don't worry about it, sis. We're all storytellers. Let's just sit down at the table and play. I'm sure the story will come together. But Zack trailed off, because there, sitting on their dining room slash game table, was none other than the big, fluffy, black-and-white feline known as J.F. Cat. Uh, Jojo, are we getting sucked into one of your stories now? Oh, I came here looking for a story. I need one before I fall asleep each night. Well, you fell asleep on our table just fine. But without a good story, I don't have any good dreams. And without dreams, you'll lose your creative spark and turn into some kind of twisted cat monster, cried Scully the Squid. What? Oh, it just leaves me feeling sleepy. I didn't know that could happen. Okay, everybody just take a deep breath, said Lola Rabbit. 
Now you all know we must be here for a reason. Uh, probably a what if question, right? So come on, Mr. Eric, spill it. Well, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to just... We've got a story emergency here, Mr. Eric. Just tell us the question. Okay, well, Caleb says, I'm nine years old. And what if Zack, Zizi, Lola Rabbit, and Scully the Squid were going to make a Guilds and Goblins episode, but JF Cat was sleeping on the table, and then they got sucked into an interdimensional portal? That's it! We just have to find an interdimensional portal! And that'll fix all our problems? Probably, that's usually how these things work. But we don't know where there's an inter the who's and a what's it. Never mind if the stories we need would be on the other side. Oh, I know it for a fact. It all started back when my mom, Squidarella, took me on a trip to the bottom of the ocean. Scully the Squid had gone on a trip with his mother, Squidarella. Yeah, I already said that. Sorry. Who are you talking to, Scully? It was Squidarella. The most giant squid to have ever lived under the seas of What If World. This was back in the early days of her taking care of Scully, and so she wanted to share one of her favorite experiences with them. I can barely see under here, Mom. Let me just turn on my phosphorescence. That's not how squids work. Well, it's how squidorellas work. And suddenly her giant tentacles were glowing red and blue and lighting up the ocean floor beneath them. Goom, goom. What is that? Said Scully. A big round metal sphere floated by them, extending a little metal pincer to pick up something small and slender off the seabed. It's just a submarine. Nothing to be afraid of. Oh, said Scully. This must be because of our patron Nathan's question. What if submarines studied pencils? That was what the submarine was holding. A tiny, lonely little pencil that had somehow found its way to the bottom of the sea. It's a marine pencilogist. Their life's work is to study the bottom of the ocean, specifically the pencils. That seems really pointless. Can't you just show me some cool anglerfish or something? Of course we're gonna see cool anglerfish, and vampire squid and sea butterflies, and maybe even a sperm whale, but we'll have to get out of the way quick. Yeah, that sounds cool. But don't you think it's the least bit mysterious that all these pencils have wound out miles from shore and miles deep? Yeah, it is pretty weird, but the submarine people will figure it out. One theory, Squidarella said, as Scully finally started to swim away, is that this was not underwater at some point. That perhaps it was an interdimensional portal to the end of time, Brary. Uh, well, that sounds incredibly far-fetched. So do many theories before they're proven, and many inventions before they're made. Yeah. And Scully swam up a little bit higher. They could see that Squidarella's tentacles had revealed more and more submarines, carefully picking through the ruins of some kind of overgrown underwater structure. Whoa. That's what I said when I first saw this. You know, 95% of the ocean still remains unexplored. Cool. And Scully spied one of the old pencils and gently brushed some old kelp away from it. Looks like it was chewed on, but not by a squid beak or human teeth. Uh, huh. Not by the teeth of any creature we've yet found in this universe. Whoa! Scully pointed out the pencil to one of the marine pencilologists, which raised a little metal claw in salute. Uh, Mom? Yes, Scully? I think maybe I want to be a scientist. 
And I know you could make a great one. And they swam off together to find some anglerfish. Wait, that's a whole story? Uh, yeah? But you said you knew for a fact that this portal would solve all our problems. Well, it would, if it's real. Jeffcat briefly lifted his head off the dining room table to say, I think I know how to prove if this portal works. How? asked Zizi. But Jeffcat had already fallen back asleep. Come on, kitty, wake up. Ha oh, oh, ha oh. ha. portal! You said you know how to test the portal. It's true, I had a great idea. But I forgot it when I fell asleep. Oh no, it's already happening. Without good stories, we're losing our good ideas. Yeah, or the cat was just full of baloney. I'm never full of baloney. Except that one time I snuck into the deli. Well, no story's gonna get us out of this mess, said Zack. I'm not so sure about that, said Roller Rabbit. And she took out a reusable aluminum carafe. Maybe we can reactivate the portal below the ocean with a little black hold brew. From Kathunkle's Kathafi shop? The very same. But they only sell that stuff to grown-ups! And interdimensional monsters. Of which you are neither! Funny story, actually. The little cafe bell at the front door of the Kathafi shop rang as Roller Rabbit pushed her way through and hopped up to the counter. Welcome to the Kathafi shop, where all your nightmares come true. But that's a good thing because you're an unknowable horror from another dimension. We're still working on our slogan. Kathunkle was manning the register. He was a colossal squidipus, whose description was terrifying beyond words. But he was wearing a little vest today, which really softened the look. Hey, yeah, old buddy Kathunkle, nice vest, by the way, yeah... I'm your standard unknowable horror from beyond the universe. Just looking for a little pick-me-up, you know what I mean? Aren't you that kid my nibbling scully is always hanging around? Nah, you're thinking of Zack Jamaloo. How would you know? Oh, well, because I'm an all-knowing burrow beast from the Rodentro universe. Prove it. Hmm, okay, uh, well, your nibbling uh, also has a friend named Roller Rabbit who looks just like me, and they recently attended a uh, back-to-school dance together. Aha! You fell into my clever trap. For that is who you really are, Roller Rabbit. No, no, no. We Burrow Beasts are just expert shapeshifters. I don't know the first thing about this Roller Rabbit. If that's their real name. Prove it. Okay, ask me something only Roller Rabbit would know. Very well. Uh, what's Roller Rabbit's favorite dessert? I have no idea. Ah, you fell into my second trap. For you said Burrow Beasts were all-knowing. Oh, sure, we know everything. Except when we have to shape change into something, then we don't know anything about them. Sounds like a pretty useless power, if you ask me. Are you judging the Burrow Beasts from beyond? Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I'm gonna have a serious chat with the Rodentro universe very soon. No, 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 please. And Roller Rabbit lifted her foot to her ear as if it were a phone. Hello, Rodentros. You're not gonna believe what Kathunkle just said. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I misspoke. You wanna eat the entire universe? Oh, seems like a bit of an overreaction to me. I'm so sorry, please take a black hold brew on the house. Are you trying to bribe me? No, uh, no, I'm just trying to serve you, please. Oh, I guess I'm feeling nice today. 
you throw in one of those infinitely regenerating carrots and uh, you got yourself a deal. Of course, of course. Here's your coffee and your carrot. Alright, I'm hanging up the foot phone. We borrow beasts from beyond are a bunch of old softies anyway. <laughs> oh, she's I'm late for G&G with Scully. But you just said, see ya. That black hole debris can open dangerous portals to other times and dimensions. It's not safe for children or really any creature from this universe. That's why I put it in the thermos, Katunkle. Quit worrying. And Lola Rabbit happily hopped out the door. There's just one thing I don't get about that story. What? Why didn't Cuthuncle eat Mr. Eric at any point? Oh, that's true. He pretty much always does. You see, this is what I was afraid of. Without good storybooks, the very fabric of our imaginations are coming apart at the seams. Ah! That sounds bad. Oh no, I think. Okay, okay, actually, no, there's a very simple explanation, everybody. Listen up, listen up. I will listen, but I reserve the right to continue freaking out afterwards. That's totally fair, Zach. Your feelings are your own. So why didn't my uncle eat you? Because our friend Leah left a review question asking, what if Mr. Eric did not get eaten for one episode? Thank you so much, Leah. Oh, well, if Mr. Eric has plot armor for this episode, then I bet we can go down to the bottom of the ocean, use that black hole brew, and open a portal to the end of time, Rary. Then we'll bring all the good storybooks back to the present. But aren't you kids forgetting the dire warning? Said JF Cat, who just rolled over onto his back in order to get some tummy rubs. I remember a time when my good friend Mr. Mouser didn't heed my warnings, and the results were pretty catastrophic. Uh, you gonna elaborate on that at all? Not until I get my tummy rubs. That's fair, that's fair, here you go. From all of you. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, sure. Are we supposed to take turns or- Just rub his belly, Zach, so we can get to the story. Okay, it's just kind of a weird story transition. And it'd be an even weirder place for a story to end. I agree, but why are you saying that? Don't worry about it, just keep rubbing my belly. Will JF Cat finally get enough belly rubs in order to tell his story? Will the kids figure out why all their books are laminated? Or will this be the end of imagination forever? We'll find out the answer to all of those questions. Perfect. Plus a few more of your what if questions next week as we round out our two part season finale multi story special. All right, Caleb, Leah, Maddie, and Nathan, thank you all for your questions. I have to thank my friend Molly Murphy, who is a fabulous writer for the Dork Tales Storytime podcast, and suggested this as a story idea. Oh, in Caleb's review question, I'm answering most of it, and it reads as follows. Hi, my name is Caleb. I'm nine years old, and I like Minecraft, Legos, and What If World. My what if question is what if Zack, ZZ, Lola Rabbit, and Scully the Squid were going to make a Guilds and Goblins episode, but JF Cat was sleeping on their table. Then he mentioned some interdimensional stuff, which we'll get into next week. Folks at home, if you want to listen ad-free, get a shout-out on the show, and get a better chance of having your questions answered, check us out at patreon.com slash whatifworld. Now, I have a few long-overdue snail mail shout-outs. First off, thank you to Rafa, 
our patron, who mails me a thank you note after every reward mailing. I really appreciate you, and I'll be telling some more Guilds and Goblins stories soon. Then there's Hunter M, who loves me for the dog, JF Cat, and Otis the Aloofist. We all love your drawing of me and Draco Max and Alabaster Zero and Feralise. Hey, Stevie Fleasel here. To shout out Michael and Erica C, who sent a beautiful drawing of the Empire State Building with me flying around it. Oh, I just love it. Alabaster Zero here to shout out Aiden S, age 6, from Oregon, who sent a super cool drawing of, I think, me and my dad's. Let me know if I solved that mystery right. Aiden also has a sibling named Emily, who loves me, Fred the dog, and sent in an awesome what-if question, along with a drawing. We'll keep those secret for now in case we get to use them later. And last but not least, a huge thanks to our patron, Silas, who answered one of our many snail mail reward questions. What if rabbits asked Silas to judge their carrot cooking contest? Silas wrote, I would eat the carrots. I would disqualify a cooker if it was rotten or burnt. The weirdest one would win. The winner would win a year's supply of carrots. P.S. They should have apple juice in the carrot. Awesome answer, Silas. And thanks to all of you for your snail mail. If you want to send your own letters to us or artwork, you can write to What If World at P.O. Box 4905, Panorama City, California, 91412. And I'll put that in the show notes this week. I'd like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator, my producer, Miss Lynn, Craig Martinson for our theme song, and all you kids at home who know that we will never run out of stories. As long as we're ready to share our ideas, listen to one another, and create some what-if worlds together. Until we meet again, keep wondering. What if world, this is what